0: What you're going to hear from Betsy is the kind of the Reader's Digest kind of um, story of Deborah. It is is what elevated her. And again, this is a figure who occupies two chapters in the entirety of the Bible with one mentioned kind of in Hebrews. But this is from Judges, and it has all of those beautiful, wonderful, terribly difficult to pronounce words...
1: The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ahud died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of King Jabom of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth ha Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly 20 years. At that time, Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take position at Mount Tabor, bringing 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulun. I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, If you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and 10,000 warriors went up behind him. And Deborah went up with him. Now Heber, the Kenite, had separated from the other Kenites, that is, the descendants of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had encamped as far away as Elon bedzananum which is near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, And all the troops who were with him from Harosheth HaGoham to the Wadi Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day on which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. The Lord is indeed going out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 warriors following him. And the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and all his army into a panic before Barak. Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot, while Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Harosheth Hagoam. All the army of Sisera fell by the sword. No one was left. Holy wisdom, holy word.
0: Thanks be to God as she is thanking God that that's finally over. (laughs) <laughs> I think a round of applause is appropriate. <laughs> We're going to walk through RESPECT as an acronym, but before we get there, um, I have to tell you, you know, you look at these stories of the judges, and one of the consistent patterns in the story of the judges in Scripture is, is the fact that, without exception, two things are taking place. One is the judge who is filled with wisdom is designed to bring the people back into a relationship with God. They have ventured away, and part of what they do is bring back and offer the word of God with wisdom for anyone who will hear, and accountability. The second thing that we see often, whether it's with Deborah or Samson or Gideon or others, is that these guys are facing incredible odds. And when you hear of 900 chariots of iron... It was iron wrapped around the wheels that would crush the enemies, and terrifying for, for enemies. And in this story, if, you, if, you read, if we read a little further, what you find is that what happens is they pray, and God sends rain, and the chariots get mobbed down in the mud, and they panic, and thus are overcome by, um, by Deborah and the army, And then one of the most gruesome stories in scripture follows that, which I will not go into this morning, um, because we have children present. Um, But if you want to look it up, and you'll meet a a woman named Jael, and um, she takes care of some business. Um, But here's the story, and it's an incredible story, and, and it is the namesake, Deborah, Deborah, over one of the... United Methodist Women's Circles that occupy this church. And by the way, do you know what Deborah means? At least in ancient Aramaic, it means bee, as in bumblebee. And for the ancients, it's incredible to to see this. The ancients believed that bees were among God's greatest creatures, partly because of their tenacity, partly because of their organization, partly because of their sting, And we don't know whether Deborah was named because she was a beekeeper or, you know, a bee man. um, (laughs) Woman, sorry. Um, Or whether this name was offered later uh, because of the way that she lived her life, which was with incredible organization, leadership abilities, and her sting, as you heard in the story that Betsy read, was powerful. Powerful. Deborah. Deborah. One of the things that Deborah did is demanded, and I don't mean that in she sought it per se, but she demanded respect. John Maxwell is one of my favorite authors around leadership, and, 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 and looking at some of the things that he wrote around Deborah and the story, um, I took this acronym from his work, and it just felt so fitting today. And knowing what I know about those of you who are in the Deborah Circle, I think this fits really, really well. And so we're going to be using the acronym of respect for this. And as you listen to me unwrap these, these letters and these words, not only think about the role of both of our UMW circles, but even the role of fathers or parents today and what it is that we seek to do in our families, or even grandparents or aunts and uncles, that we all have a role Or what we're seeking to do in the community. So R stands for respect. And what is so interesting about this story is that here we have Deborah, a woman, and I said the only female judge in scripture in the history of Israel, at least the ancient history of Israel. And did you notice that their key military leader would not go to battle without her beside him? You talk about respect, and I want to remind us that the role of women in this time is certainly not the role of women today. The role of women, simplistically put, in that time is to bear male children. That's the role. They often saw their livestock as more important than a woman, and so yet here you have this woman who is so wise, and we know so little about other than one of the very few palm trees in this region is named after her so that no matter where you were in the region, you could find her so that she could share God's wisdom. And it was the palm of Deborah. Wisdom. And in that, in that wisdom comes respect. However, I am one who also believes that the only way that we can truly win respect is if we respect ourselves first. Look at what Jesus said. Love God with all that you are. With your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as... I'm sorry? And don't we struggle with that? Many of us struggle with that. But it is out of that kind of love, knowing that we are miraculous creations of a living God, that we are able to go beyond maybe even our own comfort. But we have to have self-respect in order to gain any other kind of respect first. R stands for respect. <clears throat> the next letter, E, centers on expectations. Making expectations clear, understandable, and known. And it's, a, it's part of what we continue to try and do here is you know, what are the expectations for leaders? What are the expectations for the congregation? We look at even Vacation Bible School, and it really is, friends, an expectation that we're all involved in that. It is one of, the, one, of, one of the many outreaches that we do and one of the few that we do for children in the community. And I really do have the expectation that it is an all-church event, and that these 130 children who are coming here will be able to meet and greet you and see what an incredibly gifted, beautiful body you are, a body of Christ. That is one of the expectations. Expectations are absolutely vital, and the clarity of those uh, is beyond what I can share this morning. And I will admit to you that I feel as I am exceptionally self-critical that I've been less than stellar in creating a body of expectations that are clear to you about what I think we need to be as a church and particularly how this leadership model works, but that is all changing. What I will tell you is that Deborah laid out clear expectations not only for Israel of coming back into this relationship with God, but also as the military leader that led them. And all of those expectations were grounded first in her relationship with her creator. All of them were grounded first in her relationship with God. E is for expectations. And beyond even that, that I think one of the expectations for us as we even talk about the whole understanding of the extra mile is that we exceed expectations. We go beyond what is expected. And it is an incredibly powerful element. The next letter is S. And S stands for standing firm on your convictions. But you know, it's hard to stand on convictions if we don't have them. And so part of what we have to do is go back into our own selves and figure out what those convictions are. Now, we are a very diverse group in this congregation, both first service and second service, the kinds of music that we like in either one of those services. We're diverse in our political understandings. We're diverse in our theological understandings. And yet here we are, and what creates beauty, believe it or not, not just conflict, is when we're standing firm on our convictions and can identify those clearly, even though someone beside us may stand on the opposite side. And again, we're going to see that this week at annual conference. But what has to be there in the midst of standing firm on these convictions is a love that goes beyond ourselves. At the same time, I remember sitting at my father's feet and hearing of his convictions that all are created equally in the eyes of God. And by all, we learned all means all. Purely all means all. That was one. Of the convictions. I remember my grandfather, my father's father, who I've shared with you, helped start Goodwill Industries. And his conviction was that everyone deserved an opportunity to succeed in life. And his mantra was a hand up, not just a handout. And you can see today that goodwill continues in that kind of focus: a hand up and training and support for those who, who want more than what they feel like they already have. And we'll do the work to go and do what is needed to do in the midst of that. So what are your convictions, friends? And think about that. What are your convictions and are you willing to stand firm in those convictions? And in the midst of that, are you willing with loving hearts to hear someone who may disagree with you? And we sharpen each other like steel on steel as we're able to communicate that way with each other in this body of Christ. S stands for standing firm on your convictions with strength. P then stands for possessing uncommon security and maturity within yourself and within your faith. And again, I think many of us struggle with this we kind of ask the question, who am I to have this, uh, this, this kind of forthright uh, communication or, or this feeling of confidence? And security doesn't mean cockiness. Security doesn't mean that somehow there's an elevated difference between us. Security means confidence, but there is for us a humility that goes with that security. And it was certainly there with Deborah it was absolutely there with Deborah. As she as she came into this time, she continually turned to God for thanksgiving. And hear, hear these words that, that, that we hear in her song that is the next chapter beyond what Betsy read. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praises to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir... When you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured the clouds. They poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord God of Israel. And then I, Deborah, arose, and the leaders of Israel with me. O my soul, march on in strength. Thus let your enemies perish, and let those who love you be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. Bless the Lord, the God of Israel. Bless the Lord. S stands for the strength of your conviction. P stands for the maturity within yourself, very much like what you heard there. The other thing about the kind of uncommon security and maturity is it's then no longer just about me or just about you. The kind of confidence that Deborah had, as you just heard in that scripture, was it is also about others. It is other-centric. Not self-centered. That's what security and maturity does. Allows us to go beyond ourselves. Then E stands for experiencing personal success. But here's the deal with this. You know, we, we get so apologetic about succeeding. And I shared with First Service that, you know, there are folks in this sanctuary, in this church who have succeeded beyond anyone that I have truly ever known. Folks who saved astronauts while in space. Folks who designed systems that will protect not only us, but others. Folks who designed airplanes that keep us safe and secure. Folks who go out of their way to create leadership and opportunities for women and for men, but particularly for young women seeking a new life. Success means going to Hammond House and Sophia Way and Andrews Glenn and other places and, and there was a prayer that Colleen said this morning as, it, as we went to prayer time this morning as she watches the homeless men trudging up that hill to the Covenant Church, Covenant Church I think right down the road here so that they have a safe shelter to stay in that, 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 where there's feeding that happens as well and thinking that is what we do as congregations for the homeless It is what we do. It is incredible what we do if we take these things on unapologetically. But here's the other deal. Twice now I've preached on daring greatly. And I want to remind us of the Roosevelt quote that that is pulled from. That it is about daring greatly, striving toward that kind of success and being willing to fail and we all fail but being that kind of community that undergirds even a failure and allows it to be lifted up into a success and we're dealing with two or three families right now who are going through that kind of time in their lives and trying to undergird that and raise it up so that they too can feel that feeling of success very much like Zahn's dancing ability. (laughs) Right? Sure, Dwayne's going. So experiencing personal success. C then stands for contributing to the success of others, and I've talked a little bit about that. Uh, Deborah was strong in her leadership as she shared that leadership with others. And finally, the T at the end of respect stands for thinking ahead, For years, I was a huge Stephen Covey fan and read everything that that he wrote, and one of the things that he talks about is beginning with the end in mind. In construction, when building log homes, we constantly had to begin with the end in mind and looked at those individual logs and the size of them and could kind of place them so that we knew where they were gonna fall on the building of that wall, what were gonna be the ridge poles and what were gonna be the the other poles and, and what was gonna support the floor and all of those kinds of things. Thinking with the end in mind and planning according to that. And construction is called crit- being on a critical path. And critical path doesn't mean being critical. It means plan. Planning. And it is what will help gain respect. Deborah planned. Deborah ordered. And again, what does her name mean? B. And boy, do the bees plan... They know where the flowers are, they know where the pollen is, they know what they need to do, and they go back and do that work, even though sometimes the work is to the death of them. But there's more to this last one. There are eight items that go with this, and I'm only going to mention them. I'm not going to go into detail on them. They're the eight Ps, as we call them. The way that we are able to work in God's presence and in God's, in creating God's kingdom is, first of all, by position. This church is an incredible position to continue to change the lives of others and the life of the community that surrounds us. And given some of folks who are in this congregation, change the world. Position is number one. Permission is number two. Production is number three. In people development is number four. With promise, with personhood, and finally with passion, but that's only seven. The next and final piece of all of this that Deborah held with such grace was that every one of us, her included, are to be prophetic voices. Prophetic meaning that we represent A God greater than ourselves. A God who seeks justice. A God who seeks mercy. A God who seeks to fill and direct us. A God who helps us remember that our lives need to be lived humbly. And that takes us back to this closing scripture of Micah 6a. What is it that the Lord requires of us? Do you remember? Say that again. Seek justice, love mercy. And walk humbly, seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our Lord. And friends, that is respect. That is respect. These are the elements. These are the elements. Deborah Circle. These are the elements. Fathers. These are the elements. And by the way, I said this in first service and I will say it again here. Some of the greatest heroes that I've ever seen are the single moms who seek to play all the roles in a family. And I think of two or three in the church right now, one of whom has five children and is constantly doing what she needs to do for those five children. And we celebrate them even on this Father's Day as well. I thank God for you every day. Because I know you're living this out. But there's more we can do. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for the story of Deborah. For what she can teach us about leadership. About humility. About respect. And particularly about trust. Help us live our lives trusting you. Help us be defined by Christ. Who was the one who said it to us as he quoted Old Testament. That we are to love you first with all that we are. And our neighbors as ourselves. All this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.